This is Ordinary Acts, conversations about how to pursue positive change in our city in the everyday stuff of life. I'm Ben, and today my co-host Emily and I are interviewing Taylor Levesque. He and his wife have lived in Dallas for a couple of years now. He is an attorney with Locklord and also is a volunteer attorney uh, with us here at ACT. So I'm excited for you to hear from him about how he sees his gifts and abilities being utilized uh, to make our city better. Emily Eber is here, uh, not in the studio. That feels wrong. I need to change that. We'll cut it in post. Hello, everyone. Calling in from the back room of my house. That feels very thematically consistent with the last year, um, which is crazy that it's going to have been a year pretty soon. And then, like you heard already, um, today we've got Taylor Levesque. Am I saying that correctly? That is right. That's a, yeah. Good okay. first. I feel yes. like I, I commiserate my last name is Larzabal. And it, I mean, just the R and the Z thrown in there together. You're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. heard it all. People want to add letters, yeah. remove yeah. letters. You got an S and a <laughs> Q and there's some it. silent things going on there. So yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I'm excited that this is, this is where we're kicking off. Taylor, why don't you just catch us up a little bit about who you are, how you came to Dallas. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so originally I'm from Mount Pleasant, Texas. Um, about two hours east of Dallas, a 2A school with about 70 kids in my class. But I went to UT Austin uh, for undergrad. And so I think that prepped me for a move to Dallas. That was exposure to the big city, basically see life outside of rural East Texas and uh, exposed to people who look different than me, think different than me, um, and sort of come to terms with uh, different ideas. And I'm Super thankful for that opportunity. Um, it's sort of where I learned like what my faith really was, owning my faith. And then that's sort of where I decided that I was really going to do this law school thing where I went to Baylor Law School in Waco. And then from there, uh, started work at Lock Lord in, in Dallas. So moved to Dallas in 2018. And we've been, I've been here for, I guess, yeah, three years now. So what did you... I guess, what did you think? I'm super curious. What did you think of Dallas prior to moving here? And then what have, what have you sort of learned about the city now that you've been around a little bit? Growing up in Mount Pleasant, my thought that Dallas is like, that's the big city. Like, that's where we go to, I don't know, that's where all the sports are. That's like where the big businesses, the skyscrapers, and sort of had siloed it as like, that's what everyone there does. Everyone's flashy. They're driving their cool cars. Um, but since moving here, I've found there's just so many neighborhoods, so many pockets of character and culture and, um, you know, interesting history, unfortunate history, really cool history about Dallas. And that's all been exciting to learn. Like I, I lived near the farmer's market area when I first moved here. Meredith was in Oaklawn, which has its own thing going on. And then uh, now we're over here in Lakewood Hills area, East Dallas and right by the lake. So I've just learned that, you know, there's a trail system. It's not just this urban skyscraper city where, you know, all these guys are in their top floor office doing business things. Um, there, there's people, you know, working hard in the same kind of manufacturing that you'll see in Mount Pleasant, Texas. It's, so it's been fascinating to learn that it's a hardworking city, just like you'd see in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, I think that's great. I loved hearing about kind of your thoughts on Dallas. Like I said, I think it's always interesting, you know, if you come from a smaller town, 
what your perspectives of big city life versus the reality. And there's definitely truth in those kind of preconceived notions. There are yeah. the flashy cars and the skyscrapers, but like you said, there's, it almost feels like Dallas is about a hundred tiny towns, just kind of sharing a highway. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So I'd love to backtrack a little bit. So we talked about, you know, growing up in Mount Pleasant and making your way to Austin and then Waco and then eventually Dallas. So your your journey up 35, basically. Yeah, which that is, is great. that's how you write the life story for me. Yeah. Um, what is it? So, you, you know, in college, you said you made the decision that you wanted to study law. That seemed like the right thing. What was it that, you know, motivated you to study law? Tell me a little bit about, you know, your kind of journey to Baylor, to law school. I mean, yeah. what that original, not necessarily law now, but what made you want to study it and end up at Baylor? I was interested in law from a really young age. It sounds unbelievable, but in second grade, while everyone else was dressed up as like a Pokemon, which is way cool, I dressed up as a judge. And I don't think I really knew why I was interested in the law. Um, probably the reading and writing. That's like all I knew that, that lawyers did. But I didn't really understand the concept until I was starting to get ready for college. You know, law is kind of what I assumed I would always do. I don't think I really knew why. It just was the career I had always thought for myself. Um, we have a family friend who um, worked for a Christian Legal Society, and he we had a conversation just about what it means to be an attorney. And that was sort of the first time I really heard about these concepts of vocation and calling and what it, what it means to work a job in general, um, reading books like Every Good Endeavor and just understanding what it means uh, to work hard in your career, whatever it is, and, and why you're doing what you're doing. So I think once I started to think about law as a vocation, that's kind of where everything changed. It's sort of where law is where I saw my skill set, my God-given abilities in reading and writing sort of met this passion for being able to help people. And I was I was sold on it at that point. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And I, again, I'm still figuring out what it means to be an attorney. Like no one can really tell you what it means because I didn't even know corporate attorneys were a thing. I thought everybody was in the courtroom. So I, I still didn't know everything I needed to know, but I knew enough about, um, you know, kind of how God calls people to be attorneys and how we should use that skill set. So what would you say now, like having, uh, been an attorney for several years, having been involved in Dallas, like in the city for several years, how, how has that idea about using your skills and God-given abilities sort of matured as you've had a chance to um, put those skills into practice? Uh, I think I've just, uh, it's become more apparent to me what you can do with a law degree. Uh, not Not even necessarily filing a lawsuit, but just the clout that comes with a law degree, the power that our law firm has, and specifically understanding that with some of the acts cases that we get to work on, just that doors open to people sort of based on the prestige of these names or the connections that they have. And I've just come more and more to understand that this, this whole process would all be for naught. And I wouldn't be making proud the people in Mount Pleasant, the, you know, my fifth grade elementary teachers who pushed me to become an attorney if I wasn't using these skills to help my neighbor across the street or to help family friends or to help Meredith's small business friends or to work with ACT. Like, I have to continue to pay it forward uh, because people did that for me. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, what does it look like for you to and your wife to be involved in the city? You talked about her starting and owning her own small business. So tell me a little bit more about like, not just within kind of the, 
the um, Lock Lord and Act, though I want to come back to that, obviously. But what does it look like for you to use your skills and abilities throughout the city and and with your family and everything else? I mean, on a on a micro level, you know, we have a senior citizen neighbor across the street who <laughs> sent me an email and said, you know, he wanted to talk about a legal issue. And I think it's easy to be like, I'm too busy. You know, what, what can he offer me? What can this guy do for me? But I have to, you know, it's easy to get selfish or busy like that. But just to say, no, I mean, this is why I have the degree is to help people. Um, so, you know, taking the time to sit down with him. Um, and then for Meredith, it's, it's obviously been nice to service her sort of in-house counsel uh, and, and sort of walk through the process of setting up a new small business and then, and then to help her friends, to help my family. And it's not even always about the law. It sort of goes back to what I said, just um, being an attorney is, is really being an advisor. And uh, people trust you because you have this piece of paper from three years of school, uh, but you're really entrusted with people's, you know, emotions and dealing with people at really scary times where bad, you know, bad things have happened to them and they don't really know where to go next. And they don't train you in law school for how to, you know, counsel someone in that way. So I think that that's been a lot of the the learning experience, and really, it's an honor to sort of walk with people and encourage them in these really you know scary situations. That's cool. That's very cool. So yeah. So we know. Uh, I mean, the reason that we know you is, is in large part is because you um, you work with ACT and have worked with ACT on several things. And so, tell us a little bit about how you first got connected with ACT. What has that been like for you? What um, yeah? What's just the experience been like? I really didn't have a chance to not be involved with ACT. And I mean that because I heard about it pretty much everywhere. When we first moved here and started attending Highland Park Prez, people, I mean, they're a big supporter of ACT and I would hear about it there. And then at Lock Lord, when I started, there was partners who were already involved with ACT and I was obviously looking for an output. Um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to find a pro bono organization that combined faith with pro bono work, but to the extent I could find it, that that's where I wanted to be involved. And I was overjoyed to find out that we already partnered with ACT. And then, I mean, I think I heard about it through the Christian Legal Society. So within lawyer networks, obviously at church, um, from friends and family. So really, it, I mean, it, it was super easy for me to get involved. Um, and then once I understood what the work was, I was completely sold. Uh, I, you know, it's humbling because I did, you know, there's some of these properties are 15 to you know, 15, 20 minutes from my house, if not less. And their experience is vastly different from what I experienced day to day. So understanding their proximity, understanding the wild difference in our day-to-day lives continues to draw me back to working on projects for ACT. Um, and just how little, not, not that I, I almost said how little effort, um, but I guess in a way it is like how little effort it takes from our firm to make a massive difference in the, in the lives of these people who are 15 to 20 minutes away from us. So, you know, in, in some of these cases, it's as simple as literally writing a demand letter, which we can do quickly, uh, but it goes back to my point about you put something on our letterhead can just the simple fact of doing that and sending off a letter can, can change someone's living situation, whether they're able to walk down the street or not. What surprised you the most about Dallas, uh, since you started working with act? Yeah, it's, it's geographic disparity, socioeconomic disparity. Um, 
I, I guess not understanding how harsh and even like physical those boundaries can be, um, whether that's from a highway, um, a zip code, but just the, the total different living experience within the same city of Dallas. So I, I, yeah, I would guess I would say the boundaries that still exist. There's organizations that have worked to bridge those boundaries and the city works to physically bridge the boundaries with trail systems and other efforts, but um, those boundaries, you know, transparent in the real boundaries and then sort of these more ephemeral boundaries that exist. Hmm. This episode is sponsored by Broadcat. They make compliance training that prosecutors look for. No more chasing compliance training trends that keep getting more expensive and complex. Broadcat makes customizable, practical, visual tools that teach your employees how to do their jobs compliantly. Find out what the DOJ looks for in its compliance training by visiting thebroadcat.com or just Google Broadcat, that's broadcast without the S, to download a detailed interview with a Department of Justice former compliance expert. And if you're listening and wondering how you can support this show and Axe work, please consider becoming a justice partner. Not only will you receive a monthly newsletter, book resources, and other special connection opportunities with others in the justice partner community, but you'll help continue our work to make neighborhood safety a normal reality for everyone. Sign up today at actforjustice.org. So Taylor, I mean, you're working, you know, for a large firm in Dallas, which has capacity to allow you as a younger attorney to donate your time to people who maybe don't have access to, I mean, the quality of attorneys that Locklord provides, right? So what has been an impactful moment either with an act staff member, a city official, a code officer, a resident, have there been any moments that really validated that what you're doing is making an impact and, and, you know, people's lives in our city is making an impact on the streets of South Dallas, South Oak Cliff. I would say the opportunities to speak directly with the clients and the most humbling piece is definitely their bravery in all of this, these scenarios that they're, you know, unafraid to tell their story, to share it with us and allow us to work, to trust us, to work for them and with them and and know that um, we're gonna give them our best effort. We're gonna respect their decisions. We're gonna work with them on strategy. Um, but I, I would just say that they are super thankful and it, it, I feel like I can't do enough for these people based on their experiences. And gosh, I feel like I'm not nailing it with this answer, but that really is, I, I think the point I just wanna get across is that uh, the courage of the residents that we get to deal with is the, the best part of the job. Um, they share their story. It's totally different from my experience and I can make a difference from my desk to that would allow the people who live in neighborhoods 20 minutes away from me to spend time outside their home, sleep safely at night, um, take a walk down the street. And those effects and hearing them say at the end of the case that we're now able to do those things is the ultimate reward. No, I, and I think I think that's probably why it's hard to even talk about how we feel thanked in this job because I I feel like we don't I don't do it because we want to be thanked or have like it, it feels like it really feels like a moral obligation when they tell their story. 
you know, that there's a drive-by shooting once a week um, in their neighborhood. That it doesn't seem like reality to me. And, I, and I, that, that piece, the fact that I can't even comprehend that, that sounds like a, a fictional story. Um, so, so I feel like it's hard to, to take that story and, and then say, oh yeah, I did, I did really good work for them. Uh, and, and they said, thank you. Like they, they don't need to say thank you. Um, that's just such an unfathomable experience. Um, it's, it's really our moral obligation as a, as a firm, as an attorney to step in and, and help those situations. I love that. I think that's so mm-hmm. good. And, and I also think that connects really well with what you said earlier about utilizing your, um, God given skills and abilities, the way you described it was this very, well, like I, I have them, I need to use yeah. them. That is how it, right. And so and yeah. kind of saying, I'm hearing the same thing again here. It's like, Hey, like we are attorneys. We have this, this, um, skill set. We do have this, um, kind of weight socially like this mm-hmm. is part of the responsibility of what we've been given and i um yeah i really appreciate that that view because i think that carrying that weight around for what it means to be part of our own city i think would motivate a, a lot of us and move does motivate a lot of us to be involved in our city in whatever capacity we you know we can be so i really i really appreciate that yeah the the matter of effect, matter of fact nature in which they tell their stories is super jarring i'm sure y'all experience that too um and i i guess that's the ultimate point is just that when we are meeting with clients trying to understand the facts of a case that it's not this super surprising event that it's the normal is the inspiring part of the job that 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 can't be your normal and the fact that we have the resources sitting right here at our desk in our office to make the change, like that can't be your normal. And we have to step in and, and assist. What do you see as your drive for pursuing the the pro bono work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, the answer is, is definitely my faith. Um, like I said before, this is all God given ability. It's a vocation calling God has put on my heart. It's the, where my skill set matches that, that calling, and then there's an opportunity and yeah, it's the, it's the Micah six, eight, it's what we're called to do. Uh, we, we have to step in. And I, and I think the attorneys around me, everyone knows that we have a skill set and knows we can impact society. I think it's my faith convictions that move me to affect society in the way that I do. I think there's a term sort of within the lawyering culture of social engineering, you know, everyone is doing their, you know, fighting for their cause, whether that's a pro-life cause, a pro-choice cause, whatever it is, lawyers have the power, words, resources to make change in those areas. And so we all have our our different convictions and backgrounds and my faith background, uh, I guess has motivated me and provided the opportunity through ACT uh, to help the disadvantaged people in the city who look like me, who are created in the image of the same God um, and to any opportunity I have to fight for that person who looks like me, um, I have to take it. Uh, With that in mind, what would you say and what maybe do you say to other attorneys in the city who, who are looking for opportunities or have it maybe haven't found ways to utilize their skills uh, and abilities uh, for the sake of their city? How would you, what would be your motivation to them? Yeah, 
I mean, I think for most people, it's not that they're not willing to do pro bono work. I'm not special in that I'm, you know, I, I am a better follower of Christ because I found ACT and I work really hard through ACT. I think if given the opportunity, most Christian lawyers would want to do good work for ACT. And, and you don't need to be a, do, be a Christian lawyer to do work for ACT. Um, yeah, this is a... These are humans in our city that look like us and we want to assist them. But certainly Christian attorneys with the background, like I said before, understanding that these are our brothers and sisters um, is a further motivation to, to help people. So I would I would tell them really, I would just tell them about acts because I really think that's that's all it takes is them understanding the mission. And, and that's really why I have a motivation to recruit younger attorneys at our firm to get involved with act or to the extent I can tell people who are involved at big law firms that you know, you guys need to start this program if you don't have it, because really, I don't see someone not wanting to be involved in ACT once they find out about it. Because it's also selfishly as attorneys, we have, uh, it's, it's good experience for a young attorney. We don't get to be involved with a client or be involved uh, with a lot of hearings or trial. So it's, it's super beneficial to the law firms as well. I mean, that's the tertiary low down the totem pole reason um, but, but that exists too. So it's really just telling people because the mission sells itself. Cool. Taylor, this has been, um, uh, this has been really good. I, again, I really appreciate a lot of the stuff that, um, that you've shared. What's something, what's one way that you would encourage other, just anybody in terms of like what it looks like to get involved in, in Dallas, to be a better Dallasite, right? A better, better Dallas citizen. I'm not from here originally. And whether you grew up here or not, there's this like, how, what does it look like for me to be more grounded and rooted in my city? And so how would, if I was just asking you that, I'm your neighbor, I'm next door, how would you begin to answer that uh, with me? The first answer that's popping into my head, uh, my first challenge, and it's probably a good challenge for me too, is, you know, at a basic level, uh, it could be just eating at restaurants. You could challenge yourself to, you know, identify neighborhoods all across Dallas. And each week or each month, you're going to eat in a new neighborhood in Dallas. Uh, and that forces you to either drive there if you're not willing to bike there um, and walk around, go to the restaurant. And, and you're right. I think just get outside of your neighborhood, even if it's just at a restaurant that's in a place that, that you don't live. And then you can expand that. You know, you go to a park each month in a different neighborhood or you, I don't know, go to an event in a different neighborhood. I just think there's so many things that Dallas has to offer and you just are going to learn you're going to see the different people that live in that area. You're going to see the different culture, um, the different opportunities, the different food. I think that would be my challenge. Taylor, we are so glad that you took the time to chat with us today. Um, loved hearing about, you know, what it looks like to be a neighbor, both on your own street in East Dallas to the clients that you're serving through ACT um, and really what it looks like to be impacting your city through your everyday acts. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Taylor. See y'all. See you guys.